Namaste. This is Maya Tiwari with another episode of Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth. Today I will be talking about forgiveness. Often we think of forgiveness as an act of forgiving the other either for crimes foisted upon us or actions against us that have caused us hurt or harm but i have learned that the greater part of forgiveness lies in forgiving ourselves for every situation of angst hurt and violence that we find ourselves immersed in is created by an invisible web of cause and effect this web could have gone back as far into the past as a millennia ago in my vedic lineage we ascribe our knowledge of the actions to the cause and effect of karma and understand that somewhere in the vast tapestry of our ancestral history we must have somehow created dark events that later come to visit but this is not to fault our past or our past actions the understanding knowledge of who we are or experience and how they come about in order to continue to fill the vault of awareness which is our goal as individuals as humans we are here to charge forward with greater awareness every day there are things we cannot see and do not know no matter how much we have learned and regardless of how much we have experienced why then in my vedic tradition do we say that it takes more than 7 million rebirths to come into this incredible consciousness this awareness of who we are as divine sacred immutable beings that cannot be touched by evil even though as i speak to you in this podcast we're talking about violence upon ourselves we're talking about being the victims of certain activities we're talking about all of the ground that give us cause to discuss the efficacy and necessity of forgiveness i have shared a bit about my own personal story of being a target of violence for violence by an organized group that engaged the hyper local community right around me went on for years the most difficult thing that i have had to do in my life is to keep on forgiving this community for the violence they bestow upon me 
the relentless tedium of it that happened every day, every night. as they continued their misguided acts. When the heinous continues after each act of forgiveness, I wondered about the quality of my forgiveness. Should forgiveness not curtail such energies from becoming materialized? In my understanding of forgiveness, it should. And I recognized that there must be a flaw in the way I was forgiving. That I probably was not wholeheartedly diving into the act of forgiving these known and unknown creatures. The answer was to be found in an act so subtle, an act so simple. I understood then, as nature herself has been my guide from as far back as I can remember and as I sit in this beautiful Pisgah forest where light is continually gleaning through the leaves of the trees and the myriad colors of exquisite form, I realized that I first needed to forgive myself. You see, forgiveness is not an isolated act or a singular act or an intent we do once. Forgiveness is an attitude. It is a, an awareness. It is a knowledge. It's a wisdom that is born of recognizing our own humanity. Forgiveness has to have the quality of the eternal because it has to last. It has to permeate each and every crevice of the things and people and events we hold in disapproval or in disdain. And also understand that forgiveness does not dwindle justice. It does not compromise justice. By forgiving, we leave the cause and effect to the law of our universe, where it belongs. We become the non-judge. We become the witness, the observer of all that is. And we seek humility because of that vast past of ancestral actions, memories, energies that have created who we are today and what happens to us and the mistakes we have made in our path, present and past. Most people think that because we live a spiritual life, we seldom make mistakes. This is not so. I don't know that we could live for even a day without making a mistake or two or three. We're not innocent of getting caught up in our own passion and process and goals. 
as our karmas have ascribed to us. We are not innocent in the path of our own personal humanities and karmas. And often we fail to see the consequences of our actions when we initiate them or feel we are doing what needs to be done. I am an extremely passionate person. I also have a lot of fire and the temper that goes with it. And I have never recalled making a good decision when the temper wanted to play itself out. We lose so many precious things in the way when we feel ourselves that others are to be blamed. Certainly, I have lived for more than a decade with incredible violence that surround me on a daily basis, a nightly basis, and yet I understand that I have to also take accountability for what is happening somewhere, somehow, not only in the karmic largeness of it all, but in the fact of my own activities and actions as I have been on my journey to do well, to do peace, to do health. I must have stepped on many toes, unknowingly, of course. We all suffer loss, and loss hurts. We suffer betrayal, and it hurts even more, because this is what begs us to, and brings us to the knees of forgiveness. We can ask forgiveness of those whom we know we have hurt, but in the final stage, we must also sum up the courage to forgive ourselves for known and unknown actions. Because through forgiveness, we can realize the energy of our everlasting humanity and find that harmony that we must have within and without as a human person on a journey through awareness. We cannot change the past, but we can release toxicity from the heart. Others may put it there. Others may inundate us with their hatred, their abuse, their acts and intents of violence. But we have to keep clearing, and it does take energy, but we are compelled to keep clearing it, clearing it clearing the toxicity, even if it means forgiving every day, as I have been doing. I wake up and I forgive. I go to bed. It's very difficult to forgive sometimes, but I do. But I realize that that circle of forgiveness needs a nucleus, and the nucleus always comes back to the core of who I am, to me, to my own karmas, to my own purpose in this incredible life. And that purpose is, I must forgive myself 
for the known and the unknown. And therein lies the core of forgiveness. And therein lies why it is so difficult to effectively forgive anyone. Because the most important aspect of forgiveness is ourselves. And why is that so? Why does it take so long to forgive the deeply damaging acts? For the same reason behind the deeply damaging these words, not only do they bewray or reveal the violence trusted upon us, that can impair our physical, emotional, spiritual health, our properties, our finances, our work, our ability to move forward. But the deeply damaging derails something even more sacred than all that belong to us and all that is what we call the me, the us, the I. It evokes, it brings up, the past. Who among us have not experienced in their childhood and early years the devastation of pain and hurt and to some extent abuse? The more abusive our past experiences that we may have championed through, forgiven, forgotten, moved on, not even realized that it was so devastating. But when we are faced with abuse and violence, it evokes the partnership of past regressions that we have carried in our memory field, in our cognition, the hurts of the early life that huddles and piles up with the angst of the present. And what a clump of gooey, gooky misery it all becomes coalescing by the glue of despair and dysfunctional memories of the past, put together with the present onslaught, we've got a huge obstacle, a pratibandaka as we call it in the Vedas. We'll get back to this incredible nucleus of forgiveness. Because therein lies the answer of how we forgive, why we forgive, and why it is so difficult to find this energy when we have been deeply wounded. Tonight I look up at the clear night sky, understanding there are billions of stars pitching about in this enormous universe. The full moon is stewarding the universe shedding her white golden aura onto the earth, her perfection eases my heart. I could feel her in unconditional love embracing the entire universe, the entire world, certainly the trees and streams in my forest. It embraces those who are out there with their destructive deeds, those who are in prayer, those who hold the light within and those who carry the darkness. In these last years, I have been 
relentlessly pursued, poisoned, electrocuted, and other devices put upon my individuality. They were determined to bring me down. But each day I reinforced my resolve to the purpose I was given in this life. But there is something much more profound than our purpose when, it bec when we become target or when we are being held victims and hostages to violence. The key that opens the door for healing is only forgiveness. Forgiveness of those known and unknown that have been called to this ensemble of miserable acts. But as I said, we do not heal and we find it so difficult to forgive because we miss one central aspect for forgiveness and of forgiveness, and that is to forgive ourselves. We must. For the known and unknown past of our ancestral walk, to the baggages and the mountainous amount of memories that each one of us carry. Because when the present violence aligns with that package, as I said before, it coalesces into this impasse that makes it difficult for us to recognize that we are part of the exchange. And therefore, in this sense, forgiving ourselves is even more important than understanding who is doing what and forgiving them. In my tradition, there are so many mantras, so much Vedic wisdom on the act of forgiveness and what it truly means. In a shloka, or a verse, we refer to the eight flowers which delight Lord Vishnu, who is the sustainer of the great universe in Vedic thought. And the first of this, of the eight flowers, is Ahimsa, a subject I have been teaching for many years. Ahimsa is nonviolence. It is creating the act of non-hurt creating inner harmony, that unconditional love. It is considered the first and foremost prathamam, the first flower. The second is indriya nigraha, which is the control of the senses. You know, this act of perception or touch or feel or eyes or hearing or taste or all of it is, is something that keeps us poised into the world, connected to the external world, but they are only perceptions. Sarva Bhuta Daya, showing compassion to all beings, is the third flower. Compassion here also means 
forgiveness for all living beings. And kshama, tolerance, patience, also implies forgiveness. Jnanam, knowledge, but jnanam isn't just the book knowledge. It isn't just what we have learned as scholars. It isn't what we go out to get our degrees, our academic degrees, grading in, it is what is called the lived knowledge. The knowledge that is seasoned into personal wisdom through what we have experienced and recognized through our own human awareness. The sixth flower is tapas, the austerity, the understanding how to sacrifice for others for the humanity of each other, for the sanctity of Mother Earth. The trees, the forest, nothing in nature lives for itself, you know, that and human beings do not also live for themselves, not when they become aware. So this tapasya or austerity it's not about giving up everything and living the life of just a sadhu. But it means the intent, the understanding that when we are called to make a sacrifice, we make it. Because it is always to the larger universe that we give of ourselves. And dhyanam, the meditation, the contemplation the review of our own actions, the honesty with ourselves and the emotions and how we have felt and all the backlashes of our own darkness that we bring light upon, contemplation, simply dhyanam is not just meditation, we sit there and do a practice. That dhyanam is about awareness, it's about being aware of what has bothered us, what has concerned us, what has hurt us, and then we shed light upon everything dark, and therefore that light is from the awareness, and the darkness is from the hidden caverns of our own past memories and lives and existence. And so dhyanam is shedding light upon our dark, our light upon our dark, because that is the cycle of humanity. And the eighth flower then is satyam, truth. Not your truth, my truth, partial truth, half-truth, truthiness, but the universal cosmic truth. We are all guided by it if we are honest. Our honesty can connect us to the universal truth, and sometimes it takes those seven million lives to figure it out. So we are all doing well compared to the greater schema of things. And therefore we say then, why has it been so difficult for me to forgive? And that is because I have forgotten to secede my personal control to that of the cosmic law. I am not so greater than other human beings, including those who do barbaric acts, that I have to a need to forgive them. My own compilation of history and the baggages annexed to this history is what I must forgive because it attracts to me 
more of the dark than the light. And so as I keep forgiving myself, I release these baggages of hurt and abuse and violence that course through the genetic genome of my own fragile self. And therein lies the forgiveness of all activities that it has attracted. Peace be your journey. Thank you once again for listening.